1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. Will Arkansas play football in 2020 and the rest of the NCAA for that matter? A lot of stuff coming out on that recently from the NCAA. Hunter check as well. Arkansas got a big commitment. Mason Jones is definitely going pro. Those topics and more with Hogsports Live. Both Danny West and Pete Roulier are going to join us today, so look forward to that. I want to remind you to go ahead and get your questions in uh, so we will answer those closer to the end of the show. But they won't roll off, so you can get your questions in now. Plenty of ways to watch and listen, of course, always on Facebook Live where we stream the show live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a like if you like the content. Also available on YouTube, throw us a like there. Subscribe to the page and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime time we upload a new video. Throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. We want anybody to find hogsports.com. Hogsports Live, I should say, when they're searching for Apple Podcasts, also Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, we are there. So plenty of ways to watch and listen. Also, hogsports.com is 30% off right now or $1 for your first month if you want to take advantage of that. So let's jump right into it. NCAA, uh, this is an article from about five hours ago from Brad Crawford, uh, reveals updated plan for return to college sports. Now, some of this came out Friday also. But the NCAA's previously assembled the COVID-19 advisory panel made up of medical health and epidemiology experts revealed its nine core principles that will be used as a guide for the NCAA professionals that must be followed. There must be directives at the national level that preclude re-socialization. State, I should number these, that was number one. Number two, state and local authorities must have in place a plan for re-socialization. Three, there should be a plan in place at the university college level for resocialization of students. Four, there must be a plan in place at the university college level for resocialization of student athletes within athletics. I mean, this is all kind of like one thing, one through four. Five, there must be adequate personal protective equipment for athletes, health care providers, and must be sanitizers to manage infection, control, and all shared athletic space. Six, there must be the ability to assess immunity to COVID-19 at a regional and local level. This could include immunity at the college campus plus a more focused assessment of herd immunity for athletic teams. Seven, there must be access to reliable rapid diagnostic testing on any individual who is suspected of having COVID-19 symptoms. I think this is the biggest thing. Quick testing. And, you know, you can get a test now and have a result in 10 minutes on some of the the high standard test. I think the finger prick stuff. I may be wrong on that, but I think that's what they said. Number eight, there must be a place, a local surveillance system that there must be in place, a local surveillance system, so that newly identified cases can be identified properly and isolated and their control and their close contacts must be managed appropriately. Nine, so the last one there must be clearly identified and transparent risk analysis in place such risk analysis consider issues such as economics education restoration of society and medical risk of sports participation included covid-19 infection and possible death additionally three phases featured several 14-day stipulations that precede the other involving Effective social distancing and proof of no further cases and spread. The primary key in the return of intercollegiate sports is the safety of players and those involved. So that's the latest from the NCAA regarding the potential opening of sports and college football, I think is what we have our eye on. Susan L. Corney, I believe that Corey, excuse me, Susan L. Corey of where is she from? KRK, 4 News, out of Little Rock, Fox 16. She says, just in, University of Arkansas planning on starting Razorback football September 5th with practices starting mid-July per Hunter check on Board of Trustees virtual meeting today. Okay, so that's kind of been the target. Most of the colleges have said six weeks out they need to be able to get back to football practice, get back to football if they're going to start things on time. Now, who knows where these things will go obviously a lot of states are reopening arkansas a lot of things are reopening gyms salons those types of things restaurants on may 11th so we are taking steps and again you know we want to lower the curve people are going to get this sickness we just need to have we need to have treatment plans in place where it stops being deadly to most everybody and available testing obviously people will get the – I mean, people are going to continue to get COVID. It's just a matter of stop dying from it. And I think, you know, taking this approach with the rollout and still being very cautious with everything, obviously. It's not just like like a free, wide-open rollout, but still being very cautious. Hopefully this works out and we can take another step forward with this. But there have been some encouraging things. Not a doctor. Remdesivir has been – Shown in randomized control trial where they use a placebo, the people not getting the placebo, getting the actual remdesivir, it improved their recovery time 31%, so from 15 days to 11 days. So that's encouraging, that one drug right there has shown to work, and that probably means other things will also help. So that's encouraging, a step in that direction. Trump has said they want a vaccine by September. That seems crazy to me. It seems so soon, but I think the main thing is getting something where we can treat people, where we can test people quickly to get, if we want to get things really, you know, back again. And then hopefully we'll have this vaccine soon, whether it's when Trump outlined or further down the line. I think that's the hope. I want to thank all you guys for joining me again. Go ahead and get your questions in now, and we will get to those as soon as we get a chance. Now, Mason Jones has signed with an agent, has signed with CAA Basketball, so he will not return to Arkansas for his senior year. And I can't blame Mason one bit. I think uh, Razorback fans should be behind this move with him. I don't think that he was going to improve his stock next year dramatically. Probably not going to end up in the NBA, but maybe takes the alternate route to the NBA and can make a lot of money playing pro basketball. Now, with Isaiah Joe, I kind of feel differently. I feel like Isaiah can improve his stock. I think it would make sense for him to come back and potentially persistent, position himself as a first-round draft pick, which I think would make all the difference in the world in terms of money, coming back being a first-round pick, guaranteed contract, all of those types of things. So... Yeah, that's where we are. I thought Pete had a really good story. Top ten performances from Mason Jones last season. And I'm not going to go over all of them, but you can – if you just Google top – let's see, if you Google Mason Jones top ten performances this season, Arkansas Razorbacks, then you'll find the story on 24-7 Sports, hogsports.com. But uh, obviously there's some 40-point games in here. It's a nice read. Nice look back at, at the career of Mason Jones at Arkansas. As far as basketball goes, ESPN also had – ESPN released their updated tournament bracket for 2020-2021 and has Arkansas in the East region as an eight seed and actually has a little bit of information on that. Breaks down the whole tournament here. Again, you can find that college basketball projected NCA tournament 2020-2021 bracketology, uh, and that'll pop up in your Google search pretty easily. But uh, has Arkansas as an eight seed and really talks about how Musselman is kind of following a similar plan that he had at Nevada, incorporating transfers with recruits and stuff. But um, – I think it's encouraging. I, th- I felt like Arkansas possibly could have made the NCAA tournament. I think they definitely would have had Isaiah Joe not get, gotten hurt this year. And what really changed from last year, aside from Musselman bringing in some grad transfers, some key ones like Jimmy Witt, but bringing in a grad transfer, uh, you know, a couple of grad transfers here and there. And really, I mean, Witt was Witt was the main guy. That was really what changed. And they lost a an, NF- uh, excuse me, an NBA player in Daniel Gafford. I mean, not a whole lot changed from last year's roster to this year's roster, except for losing your best player and Daniel Gafford. So I really think that we're going to enter uh, an era in Razorback basketball under Eric Musselman where Arkansas is a perennial team. I think this last team, as much as I loved watching this last team and watching Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe and all those guys, as much as I loved it, I think that's probably going to end up being Eric Musselman's worst team at Arkansas. I said it. I'm on record. So somebody throw it back to me in a few years when I'm right. Some good stuff from Hunter Henry lately. He's very high on the Sam Pittman hire. Obviously, he played under Sam Pittman at Arkansas. In a recent interview with Bo Mattingly, he was uh, just saying, you know, he talked to his brothers after they met with him and, like, how, how was the meeting and everything? they are like, Bro. That meeting was awesome. That meeting was awesome is how he puts it. It's a really good interview from Bo on the Hog Pod. I suggest you listen to it. But, um, yeah, he's excited. Really credits him a lot with his improvement as a blocker, becoming a, an all-around tight end. Hunter also has new quarterbacks. Obviously, Phillip Rivers no longer with the Chargers. So, they'll have Tyrod Taylor, and they just drafted Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. So that's uh, some guys with a little bit more mobility, younger. The best friend from uh, the best friend for a young quarterback like Justin Herbert is a really good tight end in the NFL. So that could could pay dividends for Hunter Henry, who is the highest paid tight end in the NFL right now, and needs to needs to have a nice, long, healthy season. So that's kind of where things stand. All right, I believe it's time to go to Danny West. We'll bring Danny West on the show. For those who don't know, Danny does most of our VIP recruiting content, has a lot of great insight on the Razorbacks in general. So we're going to get Danny's opinion here on recruiting and Arkansas's latest commitment and maybe what could be next for Arkansas in recruiting.
0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Hey, bud. Hey, Danny. How you doing?
2: Doing great, man. Uh, getting back to work. Looking forward to another busy week, hopefully.
1: Getting, golf sports. Getting back to work, huh? Yeah, I didn't stop working, yeah. so, you know.
2: <laughs> we had a pretty busy Sunday yesterday. Yeah. I thought we'd lead off with that. The big yeah, news go there. go for it. Yeah, Jermaine Hamilton Jordan. I'm sure by now most people that keep up with the Razorbacks are well aware that he committed yesterday. I really like this kid, Trey. You know, I, I've liked him for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a good get, and I think as of yesterday, Trey, they had picked up uh, three new commitments in the last 18 days. So they've got a little, a little bit of momentum here to talk about, but. You know, Jermaine, uh, he's a defensive back. There's so many things he can do. Safety, nickel, he can cover. He can be a corner, 6'1", 200-ish, but I think he plays a little bigger than that. So really a versatile guy. Uh, You know, a couple weeks ago, now I'm not comparing this guy to Isaiah Simmons. Don't get me wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Stayed up a couple weeks ago and watched the uh, college football playoff games and national championship. What you notice about Simmons is he played corner, safety, defensive end, outside linebacker all over the field. And that's kind of what you got at a much smaller scale here with Jermaine Hamilton-Jordan out of Kansas City, six one two hundred, Lincoln Prep. A really good pickup, in my opinion. I felt like, you know, as soon as March 7th, that junior day visit, as soon as he left here that day, I, I came home and put in a crystal ball pick. I just had a really good feeling mm-hmm. coming out of that visit that Barry Odom had done a tremendous job selling him on the idea that he can come in and play early this is a guy that is wide open about he'll come out and tell you i want to be the sec freshman of the year you saw him tweeted again yesterday so pretty lofty expectations there but i like his confidence
1: what else is going on in recruiting danny i mean you like we we thought there might be a quarterback coming pretty soon but yeah that's obviously not happening just talk about that a little bit and Uh, and what you think might be next on the horizon.
2: Yeah, Lucas Coley, obviously they offered him uh, a few weeks ago now, the day before they picked up a commitment from Landon Rogers, the in-state quarterback. Mm -hmm. So my honest opinion here, I think some more dominoes need to fall before Lucas can really find out where he's a fit, if that makes sense to you. So obviously you've got Caden Salter coming up uh, about six days from now. No longer expecting Arkansas there, but uh, I think you you see where I'm going with this. Some of those guys need to commit first to kind of uh, paint a clearer picture for for a guy like Lucas Coley, who's a really talented guy in his own right, six uh, one, about six two, two hundred five pounds out of San uh, San Antonio, Cornerstone Christian down there. So still, I think Arkansas is in a really good spot for him. But just probably wanted to pump the brakes a little bit and, uh, and and see how it goes in the next few weeks here.
1: Danny West joining us on Hogsports.com. That kind of is how things go with quarterback recruiting. You see all the time, like there's a group of like really yep. elite guys that that there's get a way offered a tier, right? And then those guys commit, and then the next tier, and then a lot of you know big time schools come in a little bit later That's uh, right. for those guys. So you know you could end up you know, waiting on a guy and, you know, the guy that you got in your pocket, you know, some other schools mm-hmm. come in and, and offer him. And it's, it's a balancing. Act. I don't envy There's these coaches. Yeah, I don't envy these coaches at all for the juggling act that they have to do when it comes to recruiting.
2: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, we saw it a few years back with an in-state kid right down the road here, Taylor Powell. You know, he kept holding off and holding off. And I was thinking, oh, man, you need to take one of these offers, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking anyway. I never told him that. But. Sure enough, man, he waited it out, and here comes Missouri. And you know what? It went out there and, and beat Arkansas this year. Some more power to him.
1: So, if it's not going to be, if it's not going to be Coley, who are you thinking, Danny? Maybe if, maybe if it's Ke- not on Jackson,
2: I think we've. Uh, uh, you mean in terms of the next commitment? Right. Oh yeah, I would. Uh, a, a possibility. Uh, put uh, Keon Parker up there, cornerback out of Tulsa. Oklahoma, Uh, a couple of those linebackers there that that visited earlier this spring, Michael Lunds, Dwayne Johnson, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're going to take another uh, bigger linebacker in this class. So, you know, I think they could probably, probably could have had either one of those guys already if they really pushed it Mm -hmm. in my honest opinion. But yeah, I think uh, those are just a few possibilities there. And and like I said, yesterday uh, we put out a story as soon as, uh Jermaine committed that, you know, who could be next. And I think I listed six, seven, eight guys somewhere in there. But they've got some good options right now. Keith Ryan would probably be uh, – he'd be way up there. But, you know, I always look within the state too. A lot mm-hmm. of people forget about Drayden. Drayden Norwood yeah. at, at Northside right now, a four-star corner. He's easy to overlook the in-state guys, but always a possibility this time of year uh, to make a push and, and, you know, get some of those guys on board.
1: You know, Danny, I've heard so many people talk about where Arkansas is in recruiting, like, you know, it's they're not getting enough recruits, where's the activity and all this stuff, and obviously they just got one and they're at five now. But they are really, if you look across the SEC, they're right there with everybody except Tennessee. Tennessee's got like 15 commitments right now, but everybody else has like three to eight commitments. So it's not like Arkansas is way off the pace right now. I think Alabama only has four, but – that's right. I mean, that's. I think it's just a product of the lack of visits, and this was a bad year to take away that February. It was a rough one. That February visitation period, because they they made it a dead period, and then eleven days later, you shut down sports, shut down yeah. visits. So it was an unfortunate year to change and and remove the February. The February open—I should call it the quiet period, I guess—where you can have on-campus visitation yeah. and, and, and all those junior that, days and stuff.
2: On top of that, you were—I uh, want to say—the latest to start spring ball in the SEC. There was no yet,
1: Yeah, there was so. nobody later. There was other yeah. teams just as late, but nobody later.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you throw in the fact that, and we're not making excuses, uh, make no mistake about it, but you throw in the fact that you did have a coaching change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you brought in a guy who is unproven as a head coach, and that's okay. But, you know, when you're one in 23 in the SEC, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're four and 20 overall in the last two years, you've got to get people on campus. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, especially, you know, this better than anybody. It's always been a school that you have to get them here. You mm-hmm. absolutely have to, and they simply cannot do that. Now, we'll see how much longer this, this thing goes on, but, um, you know, they're, they're hanging in there about as well as they can possibly do. I know everybody's looking across the river over there at what Tennessee's doing. You know what? They did start off two and five, just like Arkansas last year, mm-hmm. but what did they do from there? They started winning games. I want to say they ended up with, what, seven, eight wins last year?
1: Eight wins. Oh, so, uh, well.
2: Yeah, 8-5. So
1: they they had a them, soft man. schedule.
2: Yeah, pretty soft schedule. Their their schedule towards the end of the year is always soft. It is. You get Kentucky and Vandy. You know, Kentucky obviously good last year, but uh, traditionally they've always had a soft schedule
1: it's, hey, at the end. A lot about perception, though. I mean, they're able to say that they, they really took off. I mean, you look at how Tennessee That's started right. last year. They lost to Georgia State to open the year 38-30, and they started looking at – they started looking like the team that was going to fire their coach midseason, mm-hmm. and then they lose to BYU the next weekend. And overtime, they showed some fight, but they lost to BYU the next weekend. Stomped Chattanooga, got stomped by Florida, got stomped by Georgia, and then beat Mississippi State in a low-scoring game. Didn't play awful Dirt, against Alabama, 35-13 loss. Then yep. hammered hammered South Carolina, and then this is the this is the this is the part of their schedule where they took off. So South Carolina wasn't very good last year. They beat them beat UAB, beat Kentucky by four, beat Missouri by four, beat Vanderbilt by eighteen, and then beat Indiana by a point in their bowl game, the Gator Bowl. That was their finish of the season. So they won out, but there wasn't any of those schools where it just be like it's not scaring you unless you're right. Arkansas last year. Anybody scare you. But <laughs> I mean yeah. that's that's a that's a pretty soft finish in terms of the schedule, but I mean they took advantage of it, and I think it's probably paying off for them in recruiting.
2: No doubt about it. I mean, if they finish 2-10 like Arkansas, they're not sitting at number three or whatever in the country right now, I mm-hmm. promise you. So, you know, I, you can't compare yourself to Tennessee right now. Uh, they've, To be honest, they've always kind of been a sleeping giant, in my opinion, and we've yeah. seen them recruit well in the past and under-deliver on the field. So, you never know what they're really about, but... They've certainly got it going right now. But Arkansas needs to worry about Arkansas. Uh, you know, they've got five that I think are good so far. It's a solid start, not a great start. Mm-hmm. Nobody's sitting there saying, you know, they're off and running or this and that. But this last one in particular, I really feel strongly about. I, I think he's got it all. So, And, and off the field, Trey, you're going to love him. And when he comes into that media room, you get to a chance to interview him someday. You're going to love this kid. I mean, he's He's really, really confident. He's got a great personality, you know. With that, I think you like the fact that he's he's going to go out and, and try to be a leader and be a bell cow for this recruiting class. You've seen him already. You know, he's got a teammate that we haven't even talked about yet, uh, Tobey Okoli, mm-hmm. big time defensive end. You know, six five, two fifty five. That Arkansas has already offered. And uh, after Arkansas, here comes. Oklahoma and uh, Georgia and, and several others now. Michigan's in there for Ocoley, for but he was a guy that, you know, we talked about these missed visit opportunities. He had a visit plan for March the 16th, mm-hmm. and you know you know how that turned out. The shutdown occurred, and uh, that visit went away. So wouldn't surprise me as soon as the visits pick back up. They want to get that kid on campus immediately. Mm-hmm. He's a stud, so,
1: so... Jermaine's
2: going to help you out there.
1: You know, it's kind of interesting to think about because we were talking about so much about the difference in the way that Sam Pittman approaches, excuse me, approaches spring drills versus what Chad Morris did. Chad would like start February 27th. They would have had, Chad would have had seven practices in of the 15 allotted by the time they shut everything down. You know, and Arkansas hadn't even started yet um, under Pittman. So it's unfortunate that that's the way it worked out, but um, I don't blame Pittman for doing that because he wanted to get more time in the weight room, get them stronger, yep. get to know each other a little bit better uh, before they jumped into to spring drills. But hopefully with the way uh, your check has outlined things with, you know, hopefully getting players back in July and um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the hope right now. It's fingers crossed, right? We got to get the testing out there, Danny, got to get testing yeah, and treatment. Those are, those are the main things. So, it sure seems
2: to me they're on a fast track to get both, so hopefully yeah. that's the case. But feels like I'm, it. I felt a lot better when I saw what uh, Mr. Yurchek said today. Yeah. I felt a lot better after that.
1: Juracek's been pretty on the positive end of it versus, um, versus some of the other presidents and, and AD, yeah. some of the things they've said. So you were talking about defensive ends. Um, I'm not going to make you say Okoli, Tebeki Okoli, is that how you say it? That's what I'm going with, yeah. right? Tebeki Okoli. <laughs> but you've got Trevante Neal. You think things are looking good with him. And then, you know, also um, defensive tackles. Arkansas hasn't had a whole lot of movement at defensive tackle in terms of recruiting just yet.
2: No, they haven't. I'll tell you the one that I keep going back to. You know, well, first, let me say this. I think it's interesting that three of the guys that I've kind of identified on the big red board mm-hmm. are JUCO guys. You know, we've seen them now. They brought in Xavier Kelly as a grad transfer to get them by for this year. But it seems to me they're wanting another veteran guy to come in in this 21 class. So we've seen some JUCO offers there. But if there is a guy in the um, high school ranks, it's got to be Cameron Ball right now. Atlanta, Georgia, Tri-Cities High School. A lot of momentum there. He's got him, got Arkansas in his top group right now, but still a whole lot of competition. I think Florida State could be tough to beat, but 6'5", 290. And this is another guy that Jermaine has already talked about. You know, I'm going after him uh, and to Becky and some of these other guys. So Cameron Ball, they've got to get him on campus. Obviously, a lot of Georgia connections on this staff. And uh, I think Jimmy Smith has done a really good job so far with Cameron. And, you know, he'd be a big-time get if they can get him. But, yeah, I like the uh, Trevante O'Neal kid out of Florida as well, uh, Vero Beach. Six three two forty. 240. It yeah. kind of reminds me a little bit of last year's um, Eric Thomas that they signed out of Florida, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Just kind of flying under the radar for whatever reason and kind of inexplicable at times. It makes you raise your eyebrows. Why is this guy not getting any more offers than he's got? But he's another one I, I really like on film anyway.
1: Danny, I want to flip you over to basketball real quick because you did release the big red hoops recruiting board for those of you who aren't familiar with our big red board it's something we've been doing for well well over a decade i guess but it is just basically a way to rank and and just kind of provide the latest the latest update on the guys that arkansas is really involved in the guys that are reciprocating interest also and danny rakes ranks them uh, puts them in order of hot warm cold Uh, we have an arrow to signify whether that's trending up or down we'll list their star ranks and of course their hometown Uh, we'll put a little icon if there's any updated news below on each prospect but it's a nice way to organize and really what we always try to do is paint the big picture of what's going on with Razorback recruiting for both both football and basketball and Danny we look ahead to 2021 hoops recruiting and obviously last year was a big year for uh, recruiting inside the state with a top six recruiting class, top five on ESPN, top six on 24-7 sports. M- largely from, in, I guess, 100% from in-state products, although not all of mm-hmm. them are playing in-state, and that's kind of the case with Jalen Ricks also, M- Mouth of Wilson, Oak Hill. But yep. you've got about – you got Ricks listed as hot, and you got about five other guys listed as warm, all from outside the state. I don't want to give away everything here because this is a VIP article, but – uh, what are your thoughts on where things are right now with hoops recruiting? And I'm going to get Pete Roulier on after you, and we're going to sure. talk a little bit about transfer market.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, well, the one name that sticks out to me out of Jalen Ricks, who, who you said there is listed as hot, would probably be uh, Langston Love, kid out of Mount Verdi Academy, which obviously uh, mm-hmm. Moses played at last year and a half or so. A four shooting guard. And this kid, you know, he's big time, man. He can go just about anywhere, but – They've shown Mr. Love the love. Yeah, I know that's a corny thing to say, but they've been <laughs> all over this guy. I think Stanford's really been on him. Texas, Baylor, the usual suspects, right, for a right. kid in this region. But I mean, dang, he's really, really talented. It seems they've had a lot of contact with him. You know, they keep doing all these virtual tour, yeah, virtual tours, visits over the phone, right? And mm. he was he was among that group, and uh, you know, it's, they're doing a good job with that. I actually talked to. Uh, Kendall Brown, a five-star small forward. We've got him on the board, 6-7 out of Wichita, but he was telling me, you know, these virtual tours, they they show you everything. I, I wanted to see everything and that's what they they made it happen. Now it's mm-hmm. not the same as actually being here, but they're doing the best they can with what they've got and, you know, if we know one thing about Eric Musselman, he's going to stay on it. He's going to he's going to try to outwork people and we've seen that so far.
1: All right, Danny. You anything, got it, buddy. Anything else to add? No, oh, man. I'll let Pete have it. All you right. know, have a good one. All right. Appreciate you. That's Danny West, our primary recruiting guy at hogsports.com. We're going to go transition over to Pete Rouillet, and we'll talk a little bit more about the transfer market and that kind of stuff with Pete. He's kind of Mr. Transfer. Pete Rouillet joining us. Pete does most of our uh, transfer content. He's our – uh, football, beat writer, basketball, baseball—does a little bit of everything for us. Even helps with recruiting some. How you doing, Pete?
3: I'm doing all right, man. Did you uh, survive the big hailstorm of man
1: 2020? I was worried about my garden. I I planted my garden last week, and I just I could just see just holes in everything that I planted, and just getting battered down. But um, I, I'm going to go outside after this and check it out. But Um, I wanted to talk to you about transfers. We talked a little bit about recruiting with Danny a good bit, actually. And uh, Arkansas – well, first we'll we'll start with baseball. Uh, Arkansas added a uh, pitcher in the grad transfer market.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to bolster your staff no matter who it is. Um, Kid from Houston, Lael Lockhart, L-A-E-L. I thought that was a pretty interesting name. Um, The funny thing about Lael is he was actually quite the – utility player for Houston for the first couple years he was on campus and kind of transitioned into a pitching role. Last season of course as we all know it was shortened a little bit but had a 4.58 ERA struck out 19 batters and uh, just another arm to add to the bullpen and he said he was talking to uh, Matt Hobbs the pitching coach and it's not one of those things where he's going to come in and have a spot already but he wanted to come play at Arkansas um, just based off you know how how good the Razorbacks have been in recent memory and He's going to have to earn a spot so it's just another arm to bolster the staff and who knows what's going to happen with all these moving parts with the uh mlb drafts and all those other things that might get canceled or shortened or going on so it's just always good to have another arm somebody that wants to be here
1: so pete sw- flipping over to basketball what's going on in the transfer market there i know you had recent articles on deandre williams out of evansville uh, Nike Sabandi. i I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Out of my, I Miami, think Sabandé. Sabandé. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh So what's going on with with basketball transfer market? Obviously Isaiah Joe is still hasn't signed with an agent or anything. He has until June. What is it, first or third or something like that?
3: June June third, but that's probably going to be pushed back. because they just announced that the NBA lottery is going to be pushed back. Okay. So that's going to be interesting to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but last week, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Isaiah Joe is still on board for for right now. So that gives Arkansas 13 scholarships, which the NCAA allows 13 scholarships. But that has not stopped Musselman for going out and contacting transfers. Um, Last week, he contacted three guys. DeAndre Williams out of Evansville, as you mentioned. He cut his list to four, actually, including Kentucky, Memphis, and Baylor, which I think is interesting because he's a guy that's already declared for the NBA draft. So if he does decide to come back, which is likely, he's not really picked by any mocks to be anywhere close, mm-hmm. then he's obviously looking for somebody, if you think about Memphis and Kentucky, teams that teams that are going to get him NBA ready. And for Arkansas to be in that mix, I think that's pretty interesting considering what Musselman and Clay Moser and Chris Crushfield and that staff can offer, Corey Williams. Um, he's a guy that averaged, let me see, I think it was – 15.2 points per game last year. And if you remember, Evansville went in and beat Kentucky. Um, so that's one guy to look out for. Then Nike Sabande, obviously, from uh, Miami, Ohio. He averaged, uh, let's see, it was 13.9 points per game. He's another guard, 6'4", 183, um, 5.9 boards. And both these guys are going to be transfers that city year. So uh, interesting to look at. And then he also contacted Javon Freeman-Liberty out of Valpo, but he ended up going back home to Chicago as can play for DePaul.
1: Gotcha. Pete Roulier again joining us. Now, you just wrote an article about the report with uh, Hunter check and I'm, I know I'm switching you from baseball to basketball, and now back hey, to football. Hey, it's all right. I'm, <laughs> but, I'm uh, all in. Just tell us what you've learned uh, just on Hunter Urecheck, uh and his plan for Razorback football to resume in September and report, I guess, in July.
3: Yeah, according to the report, um, he came out and said that uh, to the Board of Trustees today during the Zoom meeting that um, he plans on football to be starting in mid-July with, with practices and then um, on pace to open up September 5th. And as you know, September 5th, that's when Arkansas takes on Nevada. So mm-hmm. I think he's, trying, he's just trying to say everything is supposed to be going according to plan. Um, that opening up for practices in mid-July, that would be huge for Arkansas. Obviously, they got had to miss the spring practice due to the uh, shutdown of campus. So mm-hmm. um, anything anything that involves football, is uh, good news, but I, I think it, I'm not saying it's premature and it's good to have a plan, but as we've come to figure out these last couple of months, nothing is guaranteed.
1: Hmm. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed, but you have to have the plan. You have to start taking steps in case, I mean, same thing with like the vaccine, you know, they're producing it even though they don't know it's going to work or not, you know, just to, just to get ahead of things. So you have to, this is kind of the approach that everybody has to take right now. Uh, with uh, with this deal, what are you doing to keep yourself entertained, Pete? You like, have you watched the uh, the Last Dance documentary? Any of that stuff? I
3: knew you'd ask. I've actually watched the first two nights, and then I kind of missed last night just because I was hanging out doing some other stuff. But Man, this morning I was keeping myself entertained by. I know this is going to give you anxiety, so that's why I'm telling you this. Okay. I was sitting outside. You know, I live in an apartment in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I was sitting inside, and when the hail started, there's nothing I could do because there's nowhere to put my car. So I just oh. watched, and, like, big hail just started oh. ramming my windshield for like. I don't know. Went on for five or six minutes, and just every time something hit, I was like, "Oh boy, here it is." Yeah. So that was that was an awful
1: way to spend my morning. My, but, ab- but absolutely entertaining. My insurance agent's a, a good friend of mine, and he was—he's just texting videos of his phone ring, just ringing off the hook, just one GIF after another. <laughs> uh, oh no! I, I can right remember now. several years ago, I was at Springdale Country Club. Man, that hail hit, and I was in a golf cart. And I was just thinking about my car and I mean my car got brutalized. And uh, when I called my insurance guy, he you know, I called him like a couple few weeks later, he's like, Yep, we'll get you taken care of.
3: No man, it's just it's ridiculous. And think about this. Remember in twenty twelve, like the mind calendar, how it said that everything was gonna end and all these events were gonna take place? Right. If they, if they would have predicted that for 2020, mm-hmm. I'd be worried yeah. that they were actually right because everything that's going on feels like it's crazy, especially this hail. I'm like, man, if the weather's acting up, then something's going down.
1: This has been a crap year so far. I mean, I, this may be the worst year ever. I mean, when you think I about it, st- you start off with Kobe Bryant passing away. And just today, I mean, we lost Don Shula, and Don Shula oh, was yeah. 90 years old. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. In itself, you know. So, I'm not. I'm not sure what the details are. Of that, but uh, for those who don't know, Don Shula passed away today at age 90. But you had that with the Kobe stuff. Um, I mean, they took away the NCAA tournament. They took away baseball. I mean, they shut us down in our homes. You know. I mean. I mean. I say they. It's all a result of uh, COVID 19. But. Right. <sighs> We may. I mean, there's all kinds of speculation. Who knows what's going to happen to football? I mean, people. There's definitely businesses that are going to suffer. People are going to be financially uh, negatively impacted, and are people are struggling. There's food shortages. I mean, what a year! Just uh, it's been awful. Awful you, you year. Summed it up perfectly. Just knock me out. Punch song. me in the face and knock me out, and wake me up when this is over. <laughs> basically, all right, Pete. Anything else to to add?
3: Yeah, I thought there was an interesting story since I mentioned Javon Freeman-Liberty. I, w- I was thinking about Eric Musselman and how interesting his practices were. I remember when Arkansas played Valpo, mm-hmm. um, and Javon Freeman-Liberty was going to be the key guy in the scouting report. Every time J.D. Note, who was a transfer that had to sit out a year last season, every time he got the ball to the scout team, they played the Liberty Bell sound. And that was just a reminder to me. I was like, wow, this is different, what they're doing over here. So (laughs) I thought that was an interesting story to tell.
1: Yeah, that is. All right, Pete. Well, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Yeah, good talking to you. See you. Again, Pete Roulier handles most of our VIP – or, excuse me, most of our free content and and covers Razorback football, basketball, baseball, does a great job. Been with us for over a year now. um, And, uh, unfortunately, was forced to watch his car just get berated – with hail okay where are we headed now we've pretty much covered everything i guess i want to get to your questions now but before we do that i'm going to go ahead and remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen your favorite part of the show plenty of ways to watch and listen always streaming live on facebook live follow the page if you haven't done so already throw us a thumbs up if you like the content we love that thumbs up helps uh Helps the, uh, the algorithm and get our product out there. Follow the page on YouTube. Most of the people who watch the videos aren't subscribed to the video, as crazy as that sounds. But throw us a thumbs up there. Subscribe to the video. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. we certainly love to have that. If you haven't done so already, please throw us a five-star review. That, again, helps our channel and available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is 30% off right now for your first year or $1 for your first month encourage you to go sign up for that. Okay, questions, questions. Who's got questions? Will Lennox says, what do you think about DeAndre Williams from Evanville We did cover that there with Pete. Isaac Riley says, life is going to be very different from now on. I'm excited to watch those hogs play, though. Hopefully not much different for much longer. I mean, who knows how this thing unfolds, but... It's certainly been trying. Lay Brown says, Sui. Jacob Botwinnick says, I think Mason should have transferred. I don't know about that. Why would he have transferred? Mason Jones? Parkview Mustang says, they're excited to see what kind of hog sports we can, dot, dot, dot. Anything we can, I guess, is what you're saying, Parkview. Josh Darty says, that probably is the goofiest thing I've ever heard all year. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Josh. Guys, please try to be specific. Kagan Ryan Gomer says, I talked to Feinbaum the other day on SEC Network Talk Show, asked him what he thought about Franks and how the Hogs will do this year, and he told me he doesn't know that much about Arkansas, but what he could tell me was that Felipe Franks will win you a conference game, guaranteed. I've also guaranteed Arkansas wins a conference game this year if they play football. Jeremy Dick says, What's up, Trey? What's up, Jeremy? Nathan Espinosa says, that's good news. Hope you're right. Hope so. Mike McLeod says, what's up, Trey? What's the O-line going to look like? Who are you projecting as starting right now? Well, I've gone over this before, Mike, but I'll do it again real quick. Right tackle, I think it'll be Noah Gatlin. Left tackle, Myron Cunningham. And probably Dalton Wagner is the swing guy. Now, he's still going to have a say in who starts there, but I think he's probably going to be the swing guy. Center, probably Ty Clary. And hopefully – Ty does a better job of getting his snaps back a little bit faster. I mean, it wasn't like a problem with erratic snaps last year like it was the year before. It was just they were kind of slow getting back there. So uh, Ty Claire, if he doesn't start at center, then maybe he starts at guard. And then I think uh, you're obviously Ricky Stromberg at right guard. So those three guys I think are pretty well set to start. And then you're talking about um, you know your, your left guard spot, I guess I named one, two. I I named four guys, didn't I, (laughs) with Ty Clary. So those four guys. Um, So the other spot would probably be a toss-up between Bo Lemmer, Luke Jones, who also could end up competing at center. Um, You know, Marcus Henderson, I think, may be the most likely of the guys coming in to start. But all three of those offensive linemen, those freshman offensive linemen, could have a chance. So I think four spots are pretty well set and then who's going to be the left guard slash center. You know, I could, again, see Ty Clary possibly moving over. Coach Musselman is a great asset to the University of Arkansas, says Charlotte Gamble MacArthur. Jerry Welch says, I agree. Hogs will be pro- progressing better each year. Will Lennox says, next football and basketball commit and I and, uh, have to get commit for football. Not sure what you mean there. Rusty Hostetler says NASCAR planning on coming back May 17th at Darlington. I got to think that NASCAR and golf, which are both coming, have to be the the safest sports, I would think. And hockey's got to be pretty safe, right? I mean, a lot of those guys are wearing face shields anyway. You know, they're not using their hands, they're not licking their fingers. What's the status of TQ Jackson? Says Joshua Shivers. Uh, I don't think you're going to see J- TQ back at Arkansas. Just the way that's unfolded, I, I kind of get the impression of you enter the transfer portal. You know, you gave you gave everybody a shot to come back. You enter the transfer portal. I don't know that they're going to be welcoming anybody back or not. But I could be wrong. But I, I I don't I don't think I am on TQ. I don't think you will end up back at Arkansas. Shivers says we pick from Memphis. Jerry Welch says, if you're Coach Welch, I'm thinking it's been a long time since Plywell. Oh, that's from Tony Bennett. Leslie Hill says, they're going to be football this year. I think there will be football in some capacity, but I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball on this. I mean, we could all open up and find out we've rushed into it and the curve spikes again. Again, I think it's, I don't think it's that like people are going to stop getting sick. I think it's about flattening the curve so the hospitals aren't overwhelmed, making sure that we have. Uh, treatment, which there is starting to be positive news on that and make sure we have plenty of testing and rapid tests, a test where you can prick your finger and get a test and get an answer in 10 minutes. And I think we're starting to see that in some airlines also they're opening up. So that's kind of seems like it's the roadmap, um, you know, taking temperatures, rapid testing, which we're also seeing, I believe it's some meat plants have done that, the rapid test stuff and uh, yeah, making sure people aren't dying from it. People will still get COVID-19. I mean, the trick is just not dying from it. Kagan Ryan Gomer says, and you believed him. am not sure what you mean. Guys, please try to keep it to questions on this. Brady Michael says, chances to land Marcavius Brown out of Florida. We already had Dan I probably should have got to that earlier. Sorry, Brady. Wade Manasse says there will be football, basketball, baseball, et cetera. I don't want to get political. Truth is some of this COVID-19 is crap. There's a lot of people with that opinion, Wade. I have no, I think what we answered, I think we answered the call appropriately because we don't know what we're getting into, but we haven't seen this. We haven't seen 2 million deaths like some models projected. But I think we acted appropriately. Darren Keith Bay says a conference game that's not too much to get excited about. Lance Walker said a conference game. It's a step in the right direction, Darren. I guess you're talking about yeah. I, I, I predict there will be a, they will win a conference game. I mean that's something. Last time they went on a long streak, Darren. You say it's not enough to get excited about, but last time they went on a 17-game losing streak in the SEC, and they beat LSU, I believe, on November 17th, 17 to nothing. The fans stormed the field and tore the goalpost down. It was pretty exciting. So that's a step. I mean, I'm not saying like, yeah, I mean, we're just – Arkansas hasn't won a conference game in a long time. So it's a step in the right direction to win one. And if you win one, then you can win two. So you got to win one before you can win two. Lance Walker says, how do you feel about Coley since he postponed his announcement? I don't think that's ever a good sign, Lance. And I think Danny kind of covered that pretty good. Tyler Tober says, help me settle a debate with a group. Who is the toughest quarterback Arkansas has had? Some say Austin Allen. Some days Ty Story. Some say Tyler Wilson. Tyler's up there. He took a lot of tough shots. Unfortunately, to find out if you're a tough quarterback, you got to take a lot of shots. That's the unfortunate part of it. But Clint Sterner's up there. Do not forget about Clint Sterner. And... uh." Quinn's tough. There's a lot of tough quarterbacks, but I'm going to say Clint. Terry P. Roy says the show is getting stale. Then leave, Terry. We don't need you here. I mean, all you do is talk noise anyway. Nobody cares what you say. Get out of here. Nobody likes you, Terry. <laughs> Darren Keith Bates says 2021 uh, class is looking a little grim right now. Um, No, it's all right. I mean, it's not like out of the park. Wow, you can't believe the four stars are getting. But it's literally on pace with everybody in the SEC uh, except for Alabama. Mike Posey says, what do you think about the NCAA getting closer for player endorsements? Uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. I just think the question is how to manage it appropriately, how you talk about fair market value for players. What does that even mean? If somebody's willing to pay it, then they're willing to pay it, right? But I think it's – Set up right, you know, on the players. Like people are always talk about let them make money off their jerseys. Well, no. I mean, you can't make money when you have the school logo. You know, somebody said, well, I could see all the offensive linemen on a J.B. Hunt truck. Not not in Razorback jerseys, you won't. So uh, I think that Shannon Terry made a good point that I think a lot of these kids are going to be surprised at how little their likeness is actually worth. And I think the first step is let's get 20 NCAA football 2021 out there. And I guess these players maybe could make some money off that, although I don't know how that works. If they're wearing a Razorback jersey, I don't know how that works. It certainly works for the NFL some kind of way. I'm not sure how. It's going to take somebody else other than me to figure it out. But I do think, yeah, let them profit on their likeness. I mean, I think it's we're at a point now in this day and age where what are the benefits of being an amateur athlete? What are the benefits? I don't know what the benefits are I mean I know that aside from like when you take out like getting your school paid for which is a big the biggest part of this getting your school paid for that's a huge deal and that's more valuable than anything that they're going to make off of their likeness for the most part I mean there might be a guy here and there you know transcendent type of player but for the most guys It's still your best deal is getting your school paid for, getting all the things that comes with being a student athlete, all the gear that you get, the food, the nutrition, the tutoring, cost of actual attendance also, all those things. Jeffrey Wilma says, What classes are recruiting for this year for football? I'm not sure what you mean, Jeffrey. Can't take the truth, can you, Trey? Terry, you've been spatting crap on here for years and i put up with it and it's fine i mean you're entitled to your opinion i know that you have some insight in the program because you're dev while whaley's uncle but you just talk noise you don't ever have anything positive to say i'm sorry if the show's getting stale because we haven't had sports for years but nobody's making you watch this terry you can get on if you want to any more talk of K.J. moving to linebacker? I haven't heard anything about K.J. moving to linebacker, Dylan Head. I mean, they don't have enough quarterbacks really right now. Anyway, there's a spot for K.J. to play this year, even if he's not the starter. Sean Larry Townsend says, it's always boosters to buy and pay for play for players. It's a way for boosters. I mean, they have a way right now, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. All right, not going to read your last comment there, Terry. Not happy with you either. Appreciate all the rest of you for joining us. And I want to thank Danny West and Pete Roulier for their contribution to the show. Thank you for all your questions. And we're going to go ahead and call it um, right now. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture
0: this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.